Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. We are so excited because in the virtual studio, as I call it now, in these times of quarantine, we have one of the stars from Bachelor Presents Listen to Your Heart. And I'm so excited to have him here because when I was watching the show, he left way too soon. And I know you guys will agree with me and he's amazing and we're going to get to know him a lot better. So guys, welcome Gabe Baker to the show. Hi, Gabe. Welcome. Hey, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. Absolutely. I'm so glad we connected on Instagram and I was just a big fan of yours when you walked through the door. So I'm very excited to get to know you better and learn about where you came from and how you got to where you are today and getting on the show, of course. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, how are you doing in this quarantine? How have you been doing since the show wrapped? I'm doing good during this quarantine. I, I'm telling people I'm really, I think I'm kind of best case scenario for someone in quarantine in a sense. Like, super grateful to be in such a secure place, being able to work from home and have just a really good group of friends and connection to help me stay connected and sane as much as possible, you know, even though I'm at home most of the time. Yeah, just honestly outside of that, it's been trying to take advantage of the creative space. Got a lot of more time than I typically do to mm-hmm. make use of, you know, so... Doing, doing pretty well, thankfully. So you are quarantining in Houston? Yes, yes, quarantining in Houston. That's awesome. And are you with family or roommates? What's your living yeah, situation? I've technically been quarantining in a suburb city called Missouri City. That's where my parents' house is. Um, so it's, it's, you know, if you've heard of, most people may have heard of Sugarland. It's one of all the bigger suburb cities of Houston, but it's a city just adjacent to Sugarland, but it's... It's just on the outskirts of Houston, but yeah, I've been with my parent, with my dad, quarantining out there, and then I do have uh, a little place with, with some roommates that is my kind of my primary place, and so I'll go and get some clothes and see them every so often, but mainly uh, with my dad. That's so nice to have yeah. that special family time. Are you the only child, or do you have siblings? Yeah, so I'm the youngest of three. I have an older brother and an eldest sister. Oh, okay. So I'd love to hear about your childhood. When I have a guest on, we so often don't know anything about how they grew up or how they kind of became the person they are today. So I love to ask that question. Can you give us kind of like a little overview of how your childhood was, where you grew up, that kind of thing? I'd love to. Man, um, I say I love to because I am so grateful for my childhood. Mm -hmm. My parents are both all-stars. They're super sacrificial, super loving. They're both full-time in the Christian ministry, Christian missionaries before I was born and through most of my childhood. And so I like to share in part about kind of where their lives led them because it's it really has crafted a lot of who I am today. And so a lot of their, their life was devoted just to serving others. They, right when they got married, they actually went to Johannesburg, South Africa, and planted a, a multiracial church in the middle of apartheid. So the early mid eighties. And so they spent some really, really intense years, just really loving people out there. And then right before I was born in 91, they moved back to the States and they moved to Dallas. And so I was born in Dallas and moved to San Antonio just a couple of years after I was born. And so I spent my growing up years, adolescent years in San Antonio. Yeah. Super grateful to have just the, the security within my family that we had. It wasn't like we had it everything we weren't super affluent but we were we were more than affluent in terms of just support and love and and i think that's the thing that really transformed and created really made me who i am and since my 
parents were just always there, you know, and just at all the different things that me and my siblings were getting ourselves into sports and activities at school and all the different things that they had to pick us up and take us to and all the while that they're devoting their lives to, to helping others in a lot of different ways. And so that is, yeah, a broad description of, of my childhood, just really, really family centric and super grateful for it. Oh, I love hearing that. It sounds like your parents were incredible role models for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I always tell people that if you look at me, I'm just a reflection of God and, and my parents. That's that's really it. Well, what more could you ask for, really, right? <laughs> really nothing more. And I, again, I'm just overflowing with gratitude all the time I think about it. Yeah. Oh, I can hear it in your voice. It's really beautiful. So in school, it sounds like you were active. You did sports and things like that. Did that continue into middle school and high school? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my dad and my both of my parents are both athletes in different ways. My dad, he, he ran track most of all through college and ran track professionally as well. And then my mom was a swimmer and she played tennis. And so we grew up in a space to where we were very active. My dad was also a fitness trainer. And so he, they definitely grew up, we were in a, in a household that was very health minded. We're taking our multivitamins, our chewable <laughs> vitamins, our Flintstone vitamins. Yeah, Flintstone, yeah. That's right. That's right. And so we're making sure we got all of our, our multicolored green foods, <laughs> fruits and veggies. And it was really, really awesome. And so it really set even more so a foundation of just, healthy living overall, you know, and really being mindful of that and getting an appetite for that was great. And so grew up in a very active home, which was great. And so me and my brother, we, we were kind of a tandem with all the things we were doing. He's just about just a little under two years older than me. And so we just did all types of sports together. Started out running track, my dad at some of the track meets, me and my brother, and then I pick up soccer and basketball at the same time and then wow. kind of jumped over, did some karate in gymnastics, dropped those because I, I complained about them too much. My parents said, okay, <laughs> you're going to stop going if you're complaining too much. And then I uh, was still playing basketball, playing soccer, running some track here and there. And then football was actually the last sport I picked up in um, the fifth grade. And then eventually, as I got to high school, focused on basketball, football, and track. Towards the end of my high school years, I was just running track and playing football. And then I actually got a full scholarship to uh, play football at Rice University, so uh, Division One football there, and had a, a number of other really, really great opportunities to play at other universities. And yeah, I was super grateful. So I tell people I'm an athlete full and through. Yes, it sounds like it. It sounds like that was really important part of your growing up, and yeah. it was important to your family. And, and that's really awesome. I think a lot of parents don't put enough emphasis on that I feel even me I even feel like that with my kids I have four and a seven-year-old I think to myself like well I you know I have three jobs and I I don't want to take them to practice and pick them up and you know and I think it's just so important and it's it's really it's awe-inspiring when other parents kind of are like you said sacrificial and very selfless and put their kids first so that's something I can definitely work on but it's nice to hear that yeah well you're doing great I'm sure you're doing awesome oh thank you I think it's yeah, it's a, it's a thing. I'm, I'm always kind of mystified at how my parents made it work. I'm like, you guys, three kids, we're all close in age. We're literally all sometimes playing different or the same sports on different teams. I think the music aspect of me jumped in around the fourth grade, and I started playing the cello in the fourth grade. My eldest sister played the violin. My brother played the bass, the upright bass. And so literally we're all like in different pockets doing things. And I'm like, how did you guys manage 
get us everywhere. And the one thing I always remember as well is like, if I looked in the stands or looked in the audience, I would always see at least one of my parents there, like almost always. And that, that really just like, man, it, it warms my heart just thinking about it all the time. Oh, I love that so much. That's awesome to hear. So in college, what did you, you said you played football. What did you study? What did you kind of think your career was going to be? Were you thinking you were going to be a career athlete? Yeah, you know, so I definitely had the aspirations to play professionally. I mean, I, I worked really hard. I definitely was uh, doing well there. But I also was, was very excited to move on to things post-football life. And so I was really angling myself to be ready for either end, you know, because I knew football, it only, it only goes so long. It's not a lifetime kind of career, just from your body can only take so much of the, the pounding that football is. And so yeah. even from that standpoint, it's, it's only wise to really be, to have that kind of foresight. And so that was, that was just in my heart. And so that's the reason why I chose to go to, to Rice. And so I was an environmental engineer major. And so I, I had the aspirations. I was just kind of a curiosity of like, yeah, I really liked the aspects that this kind of engineering focused on kind of water and sustainability and a lot of a couple other things. And, it was, I kind of always tell people, I just scratched myself. I kind of scratched my way through the degree. <laughs> I had some great support and I was happy to, to finish it out. And so, yeah, I, again, I was just exploring myself, exploring what I liked and trying to discover what, where I wanted to invest my career uh, going through college. So when did music kind of step into your life? Because it doesn't, sure. So I mean, you sure. said you picked up the cello, but I'd love to hear when yeah. that happened. So the music thing is interesting because my whole family is very musical. Both my parents have great voices. My mom, she played the violin growing up, and she played the piano as well. And so they gave us just the open door to even explore that. And so I mentioned me and my siblings, we all played string instruments. And so going through grade school, I played the cello in the orchestra and played in different cello choirs and different things. And so that was this avenue of really supplanting myself in a music sense. You know, we sang at church, and so it probably when I got into high school, my dad began to teach us and kind of train us up into just singing and leading songs at at church services and such. And my brother is actually, I'd say, and I tell everyone, my brother is definitely, I think, much more talented than me musically and even athletically in a lot of ways. He, he was in the choir and, and also in orchestra through high school, and he exposed me to a lot musically. And so he's kind of my music mentor so he, he sang in like a barbershop quartet. And this is one, one of my first like big jumps into like actual kind of vocally training in a sense and really being attentive of what that looks like and using my voice. And I got to sing with his friends. So I was kind of tagging along with my brother, singing in these fun little barbershop quartets and through high school a little bit. And yeah, and so that was a bit of music kind of always being there in the space, in, the, in my realm of living, but it never was the focal point. It wasn't the thing of focus because I was always very sports heavy and you know, it's a full-time job playing college sports and then everything else. And so I didn't play much of my cello when I went to college. I was still singing and I was leading worship at church and different things. So the aspect of music and just at least performing and, and such was kind of in part through my time playing classical music as a cellist and then kind of just singing here and there a lot, a lot at church and stuff. So it was kind of just there, you know? Okay. And so I'm wondering, very curious now, how Listen to Your Heart came into your life. Because, you know, I think everybody who watches the show, you know, we always wonder, well, how did they get on the show? And that's always a question that I get. And of course, a lot of my listeners were asking me to ask that question. Yeah. So how did that happen? That's so exciting. I mean, life changing, all those things. Yeah. 
so there's there's a lot to it so kind of out of the blue i got reached out to by a producer from the network about you know this new music dating show that was coming out on abc and i was like okay i have no <laughs> i was very suspicious of it but in general i, I never tried to completely shut down an opportunity until i until i investigated fully and so you know at the time let's see i had when I graduated college in 2014, I jumped into a career. I was, I was working, shifted careers at one point, and shifted out of the football life. Was competing in different ways. I actually got on some uh, other like competition TV shows actually, and that kind of opened the door for me putting myself on a casting site, okay. of which I got reached out to from a producer. So I, I kind of described the story a little backwards, but essentially. From a couple other kind of cool TV show opportunities, I had a profile on a casting call site, just opening myself to any kind of different entertainment kind of opportunities. And then honestly, didn't really touch the profile very much after the two years I had set it up. And again, last fall, got reached out to by a producer about this show. And I was like, okay, let me hear about it. Yeah, and I just explored it. And they liked me enough to, to want me to be on it. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it went. And so there's some other really influential context with that with my family as well, which is, is a really heavy time for me. Last year was the craziest year of my entire life, 2019. And so there's a lot to it. About three and a half years ago, my mom got diagnosed with liver and pancreatic cancer. Oh, and sorry. so there was a, it was a very ambiguous journey with her with health. Just around the same time, my brother, he was up in Dallas. He, he had finished school up there and was working on music, but... He wanted to kind of get his feet back under him. So he moved down to the Houston area where my parents had, they had shifted and kind of transitioned themselves from San Antonio to Houston where I was. And so we were all there. He moved down and it was good. And he was kind of getting things in order. And then just over time, his mental health started to, to really kind of deteriorate in a lot of ways, just a lot of uh, heavy kind of anxiety, depression, a number of other things on the schizoaffective spectrum. So now we're in this place of like, you know, my mom's in a, in a tough health position and also my brother. And so leading up to this fall, things are still still really challenging. In August, my mom got diagnosed with stage four with her condition. And so through that fall, we're just doing our best to, to get her the support she needs and, you know, and hoping and praying things will improve and just not knowing where things are at. She, she had a very kind of unique condition with the tumors that she had. And then again, at the same time, my brother's health is pretty heavy on the negative side. And so we're there's only so much support you can, you know, actually it's probably like no support that you can make someone accept outside of their own will. And so get them to a point to be open to getting different kinds of support and therapy and whatnot. It's just a challenging time. And so the timing at which this show, this random opportunity gets presented to me, I'm like, man, this is so weird. Like out of all the times in my life that this comes to me, like why would it come now? And, you know, for me, I'm really always working to be attentive to, you know, how God is working in terms of just like opportunities and people coming in my life and, just me trying to learn and you know what is he trying to teach me through this and you know around the time that I was making a decision to like hey yeah I'm gonna at least pursue the show it was around Thanksgiving this past Thanksgiving and my mom gets put on life support and right when she's put on life support my my brother actually kind of picks up all of his stuff packs his stuff up and just leaves unannounced and so it's just a weird place and then just about a, a week later my mom passes away so December 2nd oh I'm so um, sorry Gabe and then Thanks, and I and, and, uh, appreciate it. And, and just around the same time, my brother kind of cuts himself off from us. And so he's unfortunately been out of touch and, and kind of missing since then. So now it's like oh. everything is completely, completely upside down in so many ways. 
And so at the same time, I'm like in this position of like, okay, it's a challenging thing to like really try to live quote unquote, like normally or pursue different things that come to you when things aren't normal, when things aren't okay in your life, you know? And, and that was kind of in my position there of like me going through it, this weird, heavy grieving process. And then me still really trying to be open and learning of like, okay, why is this opportunity here? Do I even have the emotional energy to even want to explore something new and random that, that, that this thing is? And, you know, I'm doing my best to get advice from people if it's something that's worth honestly kind of taking the risk to explore. You know, it was a pretty unique opportunity that was pretty open-ended to what it would be like, you know, what 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 impact it could have even like on my reputation, on these different things that I'm, all the different, you know, the people, the organizations, ministries I'm connected to, you know. How is it going to reflect on me going on a, a show in, in any place, you know? So there's just a lot of different things that are kind of all in a situation of trying to digest, okay, all this at the same time. And so, yeah, that uh, kind of all led up to <laughs> me going like, okay, I'm open and, and willing to kind of to dive in and, and see what this show has in store for me. And then, yeah, so there you go. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I was at as I jump into filming for the show. I can't imagine being in all of that turmoil and going on to a show. I mean, your anxiety must have been through the roof. Or was it more like an outlet for you where you could just kind of say, okay, I'm stepping away. You know, everyone's in my heart and they're here in spirit with me, but this is for me. I'm focusing on something that's for me. You know, I'm sure that you had your mom's blessing in a way or felt that because I'm sure she wanted you to spread your wings, you know, and do what was best for you. But what? how were you feeling going into that show? Yeah, you know, the one thing I, I'm, I'm always kind of a little bit baffled at, like through the years, I'm, I'm grateful that for just a really at peace heart that God has really allowed me to have through a lot of very kind of stressful and mm-hmm. out of control situations. And I think, you know, this last year was a year, in the last couple of years with my mom's health and things was extremely transformative years of like me really understanding what it means to be at peace in a place of restlessness and what does it mean to only be content with controlling the things that I can control, you know? And so as strange as it sounds, I was grateful to be able to, you know, still grieving and and learning a lot, but I think it was grateful to get to a point right before I jumped onto the show of a place of kind of just acceptance as I'm grieving, acceptance of the nature of things and, and still open to learning and trusting of really just kind of God leading through the process. And that's kind of honestly what had prepared me emotionally to be in, in a place so <laughs> anxiety filled or so yeah. uncontrolled because it, it, as I see, it, I always tell people like, I actually ended up writing a song called Upside Down and it was like a reflection of like, literally my life is completely upside down and it's really been a a huge lesson for me of like knowing what it means to let go of the things I can't control and accepting that which I can control and having peace and finding peace through that and so going on the show was literally just like this physical manifestation of like everything is completely out of my hands Mm -hmm. I have no control of what I'm getting into what can I control and that takes me into the experience of the show of like I can control you know who I am my comfort and my confidence and my character and just my heart to connect with others and my love for music and just being myself. Yeah. So that's, that's where it was. And that completely came through as a viewer. And I'm just, you know, your message is so strong to just say that you can't have peace in a crazy time and you, and it, 
is so important to hear that right now, you know, us being in quarantine, finding that peace. So thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate yeah. it. That was on your heart. So you get to the house and I mean, what are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Is it overwhelming? You meet Chris Harrison. I mean, an icon, you know, be, like I, I don't know if I told you this, but I've watched The Bachelor since season one. So meeting Chris Harrison, I probably would just have blacked out like immediately. I, I don't like no alcohol needed. I think I would have just seen his face and been like, oh my God, this Chris Harrison and I'm done. It's funny. One of the things that I was not alone with is that I had never, I've never really watched, I've never watched the season of The Bachelor before. And so it's kind of a weird situation for me to, and it kind of was like maybe an even more influential factor for me in being open or interested and okay with going into this kind of experience because I, I knew of The Bachelor and I obviously the, the nature of the shows in a sense. But I wasn't so like plugged into the, the Bachelor universe to where I was like, oh, this is this. And maybe I didn't have the same kind of, you know, starstruck uh, emotional feelings towards Chris Harrison. I knew him and I was like, man, this is the guy, you know. But <laughs> so me going into it, I, I think it I think it helped that I wasn't so plugged into everything. So I didn't I didn't faint when I did meet him and shook his hand and talk to him. You, know? <laughs> you didn't pull an Aaron. Just kind of a little background, like when you have the lead and all the all the suitors are coming, right? The contestants are coming. They come all together in one car. Like they split it up between all the limos, you know. But it looked like you guys arrived solo. Did you arrive by yourself to the house? Yeah, we did. They staged our entrances just from a timing standpoint. And so you're coming in at different points. And so you're walking up. And I think I ended up being maybe like the, maybe like the eight or ninth person that okay. came in of 20. Everyone's kind of in that back, that main courtyard area in the back, mixing and mingling. And as you walk in, you go and hop out of the SUV and you go up and talk to Chris Harrison. And, <laughs> and then you make your way into this massive house that's literally like a, a movie and everything's well lit and so colorful. And it's like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and then, yeah, then you get to the back and they, you're following the way back there and you see people talking and you kind of just go in. You know. Oh my gosh! And do you just forget about the cameras pretty quickly, or you're really aware they're there? Oh, you you know they're there. You can't escape them. I think, especially as you first get there. I mean, they're like it's just <laughs> such a unique feeling. Like, wow, everything that I say here is going to be captured. You right. Know? So you better really and, watch. Uh, so you gotta be you gotta be willing to <laughs> to stand by everything that you are putting out there. You know. Right. And so yeah, it's definitely a unique and. It was, it was pretty uncomfortable. And I think that's just kind of anyone would naturally respond to such a unique space, you know. Did everyone seem pretty nervous, anxious? Did some people feel more comfortable than others that you could tell? You know, I think everyone was in the same boat. Some people maybe just handled the pressure better or differently than others. I think I was on the end of, <laughs> again, of like doing my best just to let go and seize control of any sense of control I think I had but then again I, I think from the outside castmates I'm like yeah I was so uncomfortable I'm like oh Gabe I didn't think you were like you were but I think from the inside I'm like just rolling and tumbling around and all kind of a wreck but I guess on the outside I, I was pretty composed but it was definitely <laughs> not how I felt on the inside most of the time no. and I'm just that's just kind of what it is you're, you're just doing your best and I think you just kind of gotta stick to your guns and be as confident as, as you can and I think it helps that you have each other, you know, oh, and you're all doing sure. it together. At that point, there's that camaraderie that helps you get through it. And then you understand the objective of why you're there. And then 
yeah, you try to just let go <laughs> and be. You definitely projected confidence, in my opinion, when we first saw you. So just to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. You had never met any of the cast prior, right? There was no like meet and greet before like walking into the crowd? Not at all. That's the first introductions once you walk in there. That's so crazy. Oh, my gosh. So who were your first impressions? Who really just like left a lasting impression on you first? Sure. Yeah. I think the first person I talked to was Savannah when I walked up. So her and uh, Ryan, Ryan was wearing this dope green suit. I was like, man, this guy is cool. <laughs> and we had some cool music commonalities. We just both loved the funk, soul, jazz kind of realm. And so there was some cool stuff there. And I was like, man, this guy's nice. And I think everyone had something different to offer. And that was just such a cool part of it. And everyone was just really genuine and, and just there just to try to make the most of the experience, you know. So we know that you gained interest yeah. in Savannah. Were there any other girls kind of on your radar looking back? The time you're there, it's like you're in a, like a time warp. It's Time goes by really fast, but then it's also like, it seems like you're there for a long time and <laughs> you're trying to make the most of just getting to know people and just connect. I had some great, great connection with just conversations and deep talks and connection with Mel night one. And so she was a, she was someone I really enjoyed just, just being with and, and talking with. And then along with that, the girls that I got to talk with <laughs> the most, I was able to kind of have more deeper connections. And some people, you're talking with other people. And, and so there's only so much time you can talk with everyone in a sense. But I'd say the people I did have kind of the, over time was Savannah and Mel and Becca. Me and Becca are both really close as well. And I had some good conversations with Julia, not as much as I, as I wanted to. Yeah, and so it was kind of doing your best to split time with and trying to navigate how do you feel towards these people and who do you want to try to spend most time with. And so, yeah, I'd say probably those three people were, were kind of front of mind in terms of just connections. And Yeah. Okay, and who of the guys did you kind of connect? It sounds like a Ryan. Were there any other guys that you were kind of buddy-buddy with pretty quick? No, absolutely. I think Chris was probably the one I was the closest with. Me and Chris, Ryan for sure, I think the one thing that maybe they'll show in some deleted scenes of some sort, uh, we had a lot of incredible jam sessions just around the piano, just passing the guitar around. And so that was a lot of fun. And so we have just shared so many music interests, like listen to the same music. So me, Ryan, Chris, and a lot of others were jamming out together. So it definitely was the closest, probably the closest with Chris of everyone in the house. And then, yeah, just had some great conversation with Ryan and, and some great ones, even deep ones with, with Brandon. I think those are the, the main ones. Again, you're, you're, you're with them all the time. And so it's like you're able to just really dig in with a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, but it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's me. It's now I'm, I'm in the process of like trying to scrape all these memories back because like, dang, what, who did I have a connection with? A conversation with so many people. It was, it was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, because it was like six months ago now, right? Looking back. I mean, it was... Yeah, it's a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah, quite a quite a while ago. Yeah, it sounds like you were pretty close with, you know, everyone. It honestly felt like the cast all really got along pretty well yeah. besides, you know, a few different things that we saw, a couple of the dramas. So let's dig into how everything happened with you and Savannah because we're watching thinking that this is going to be, you know, a love story potentially. And she seemed into you and vice versa and all that. So can you kind of give us like an insider view on like what happened with that situation? Because we were yeah, surprised. Yeah, sure. You know, Savannah is great. I think we have a lot of, a lot of great commonalities in terms of just, 
even just some of our background at home growing up background as we're both kind of preacher kids and so there's that commonality and like being able to have that shared experience of just navigating life and spirituality and relationships and, and getting into music and different things other things beyond that as well and so I think just we were able to have just a great collection of just conversations and connection times and, and sharing with each other of which got me excited just to, to want to get to know her even more so and so as I'm doing my best to try to navigate the space and trying to be honest with where I'm at, but also like trying to figure out where I'm at. And, you know, it's just you're kind of all over the place a little bit. You know, you know, I'm trying to be as frank, as honest, as forward with as I'm trying to pursue this thing and, and connect with people, you know. And so I think when it got down to the time where you kind of have to make some direct decisions of where you're at with people, you know, that the morning that I ended up leaving – that was that kind of a, a bit of a point to where like, Hey, you know, you just got this is a point where you need to be honest. You gotta. And, and for me, I, I, I knew I couldn't navigate the show confidently if I wasn't honest with where I was at with anything, you know? And so that was, that's just kind of one of my things that I really don't like to do anything or move forward with anything. If my honesty is, is compromised to an extent or any extent, you know? And so when it came to that time where I kind of had that conversation with Savannah, like, Hey, I really felt so bad. Cause I was like, man, now I feel like, I'm putting her in this position of <laughs> sending me home kind of thing. Right, you know? and right. It, it, definitely, it definitely was like undue pressure, and I felt so bad for doing that. We're all doing our best, and then, you know, I knew there was so much more time I wish I could have spent to connect with her in even different ways to maybe, I don't know, I wouldn't say sway her into feeling a certain way, but, like, if there was something more, time could have revealed it perhaps. But if, if, if it wasn't there, it just wasn't there, you know? Right. And so it's just one of the things where you got to be honest with expressing and kind of have to go with it. And so that's kind of where it was at. I think it was just like, yeah, this is where I felt with you. That's not where she was at. I was happy with whatever made her happy. You know, that's kind of where I was at. And so I was content with being honest myself and true to that. If you're happy with where you're at, even though it means that, you know, I got to go home, you know, I, I really am content with that because I, I, that's just kind of where I was. It's really interesting because you didn't know that she cried so much over you when you left, right? Because you were already gone. So when you're watching it yeah. back, how did you feel? Yeah, well, I felt, felt even more bad that I made her cry. That's not what I wanted, of course. But no, it definitely, it definitely touched me as well because I, I think, you know, we had conversations that we both both really care about each other just just really great real close good friends have just kind of that care for one another you know and so you're in a position to where you're you're spending some fun some deep times people getting to know you and you know you don't want to leave each other you know what i'm saying you just want to hang out some more and, and for that that same kind of synergy to be together and so when there is that oh man this person's going home and it's going to be sad not having them there I, you know you kind of it definitely draws you out even more and so yeah i was definitely touched by by her response and also felt sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> so sad and then what happened with you know kind of the love triangle with julia and brandon and savannah were you surprised that savannah kind of left or were you proud of her for saying yeah don't be his second choice you know like where what were you thinking when sure. you were watching that back no, yeah, I was definitely proud for everyone who, who did their best just to be honest and, and to not compromise where they're at in a sense. And so I was definitely proud and, and yeah, very pleased with, you know, if she if that's where she's at and she stays true to herself and she's honest with how she's feeling and then she stands up for her feeling, you know, slighted. I'm like, that's that's how you should do it. And I, I didn't I wasn't surprised that she responded in such a way because she's 
that's who she is. She, she's very confident and she, she knows herself. She knows her worth at the same time, you know? And so she's going to go with that. And so oh, yeah. I wasn't surprised, but I was very, yeah, I definitely was proud for her to the way she navigated things. Yeah, I was definitely clapping and rooting her on. You go, girl. <laughs> you leave. Yeah, Don't be treated yeah. that way. Is it safe to say that you and Savannah have remained friends? You're in contact now? Yeah, we definitely remain in contact. And we're definitely friends. Oh, great. that's good to hear. I think that after the season wrapped, we all were kind of wondering if there's going to be a season two. And we, we know that, you know, nobody knows that yet. But if there is a season two, how do you think they can improve the show? Was there anything that that kind of hindered maybe relationships growing or musically, chemistry wise? I mean, any of that stuff like do you is there anything you can think of that would improve the show the way that the show went? You know, we saw an entire couple leave before the finale. So that was kind of like, whoa, that, you know, that was probably not really planned or anything. So I feel like you may have some good suggestions if there is a season two. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the nature of these shows is so unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And uh, the thing about it is that even I think people kind of are often shocked when I tell them none of it is staged. Sure, things are kind of some things are maybe influenced in some directions, but people are, are doing the best to honestly respond to the environments and the situations they're in. And so, you know, that is kind of an uncontrollable reality as well, like in terms of how people do respond. So when someone like Matt is wrestling with some really true and honest emotions and he feels like this is where he needs to go and this is the decision he needs to make, you know, that's a thing that they do, you know, they, they end up leaving right before the finale and that's, was shocking to I know just about everyone but again that's that's something you can't really maybe adjust the rules even to an extent that could influence that differently you know because it's just way beyond it's in my opinion it's way beyond that because it's kind of a subjective experience as to how people navigate it and how they respond and connecting with people but I will say that one thing I, I think there could have maybe been along the way is maybe early on that there's more like even designated like couple musical connections or musical designated times where you do write songs together or you do things on the front end uh to lead in as a part of like introducing one another to each other you know mm-hmm. that was something that that wasn't there completely we definitely we definitely did play music and had the opportunity to do that but i think that could be an interesting spin of like really allowing each other to invite one another into like their individual creative process. Cause that's a really cool way to get to know someone very deeply and, and, and quickly to be able to like craft a song together or just have some, some really cool close times musically. So that that's kind of the thing that does come to mind. I think that's a great suggestion. As a viewer, I know that, you know, there's a lot of footage that we don't see that we're not privy to see and the, the behind the scenes and all of that. So we assumed that you guys, did have things like that so it's interesting to hear that there wasn't really designated time to kind of explore each other musically to make sure that you're a good fit on all levels yeah well let let me maybe add some more thoughts to it we definitely had so many opportunities to be able to explore one another and, and connect and express ourselves musically if i were to say the more the music the better i think that's where i'm coming from and at least from the musician's perspective you know I think that is just like, that's the key to our hearts. So being able just to even access that even more so with just more things that we could do musically and incorporate in, in different ways that like could be creative, it could be different things. That's a good direction in any way, you know. So we definitely had some great opportunities to, to connect musically and get to know each other in that kind of way. 
Yeah, so I hope that makes sense as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that should be passed yeah. on to ABC because I think it's very smart. I mean, I think that it's a music and dating show, but still music was basically its main focus. So right, I agree right. with you. I feel like music kind of took a back burner to relationships and drama and not that it's bad that's the thing they've kind of conditioned us to be expecting all of that right so they wanted to make sure that they were going to please us because it was a brand new show bachelor nation is very specific on what they want in their shows so i i get that i do but it's really refreshing to hear you say that hey there could have been more you know music (laughs) on this music show So once you left the show and the show wrapped and everything, how has your life changed since being on the show? I've gained a lot of incredible lessons from the experience, great relationships. And I think one of the biggest things that has shifted for me is just a a greater confidence to step into music more fully. I didn't really have the perspective or even the plans to really invest myself in a career in music, to be honest. I had a bunch of other aspirations in the near future that I was pursuing, and it wasn't music. <laughs> and so that has really shifted for me, which is exciting. And I've been able to, to really take that step confidently to be like, yeah, let me give music my all. And really investing my time and my resources and just to express myself, explore this new, awesome, incredible aspect of life as a musician. Oh, that's awesome. And just to have that platform now and growing that platform every day, just like we all are on Instagram, right? Exactly. So now, yeah, it's definitely a different world now. Different approach to life and knowing what it means to take advantage of the different uh, tools that we have on social media and other things, you know. Yes, absolutely. We're pretty lucky, especially in quarantine times, to have that extra time to to kind of devote to self-growth, just kind of being more introspective, I feel, which is really a nice gift that we (laughs) weren't expecting, right? It was a very unexpected gift. Do you see yourself on Paradise if that were to come knocking (laughs) on your door? (laughs) Reality TV is an interesting thing in general. My philosophy with opportunities in general is that I don't completely shut down opportunities just if it's presented me from the initial go. You know, I, I definitely do my best to do my due diligence and consider the aspects of, you know, why am I going on it? What's it going to add to me? What's it going to gain for me? Is this something that aligns with where I'm at and what I want to try to work toward, you know? And so that's where I fall into place when it comes to just any kind of reality TV experience. That's my very PR savvy answer. So that's a yes, listeners. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great to have an open mind. I mean, you'd be great on it. I think that you are the total package and I'm sure that you would be very popular on the beach, as they say. Curious, is there anyone in Bachelor Nation that you would be excited to see there if you were on the show? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm really not familiar with the, the, all the faces of Bachelor Nation. I really am not. And it's not for me, like, not caring for who everyone is. I'm just not super attuned to everyone. I think the whole thing, if I were to do it, would be it would be a whole surprise, you know. Okay. So there's nobody you have, like, a, like a secret little crush on or think they're, you know, pretty awesome. Nobody at all, Gabe. Nobody. Sure. Well, the person probably I do know the most about, like, Maddie Pruitt, right? And okay. If she would go into space like that, or, or even if I would, obviously. But, yeah. So, honestly, beyond that, I, I don't know. So, again, okay. I'm just, in any space for me, yeah, I, if, if I were to do anything like that, I would just, <laughs> I would decide and try to be honest with it. Is this something for me? And then if I were to do it, you know, I'd just be, be, stick to myself and 
whatever happens happens <laughs> you are a hard one to crack here okay i know I so know. <laughs> that's okay i love a challenge so you did not watch peter season so that's why you're not real familiar with all of his girls is that right that's pretty correct okay huge peter and kelly fan right here so just okay, gonna put that awesome. out there yep i'm a, i'm a keeter they're going by keeter now which is super cute so how about a celebrity crush anyone that you crush on Celebrity crush. I've been a huge fan. I have a celebrity crush on Lauren Daigle. You know Lauren Daigle? Oh, Lauren Daigle. Yeah, she's a cutie. I think, yeah, I think it's like, in general, like, when I'm attracted to someone, it's, I'm attracted to character over characteristics, and so it's an aspect that I am drawn to someone if I'm physically attracted, of course, but I think just looking at someone's life and who they are, what they stand for, uh, obviously, if they're a person that leads devoutly in the faith, has an influence on, on everything else in their life, you know. And so that's something I admire about her. So that's she's definitely someone I'd, I'd say I have a celebrity crush on. I think she has a podcast called Daigle Bites, which is absolutely adorable. Oh, okay. I gotta check it out. I gotta <laughs> yeah, check it right? Out. You should. She should have you on, actually. Um, <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. The only thing I'd really love to know is there anything behind the scenes that you can share with us that happened? Again, there's only so much time to show everything. And I think the, the other cool thing that did happen a lot, again, we did really fun music stuff together. And I think that's, that's a really broad thing to say, but I think there was a lot of great just camaraderie had amongst everyone on the show mm. i think when you when you mentioned like yeah there didn't seem to be so much drama there was some and i think that's that's definitely an accurate assessment of things like i think we definitely got to a place of really bonding very well i think it helps us all being musicians and having that that thing being kind of that centerpiece in all of our lives in a lot of ways so you're bonding around that and then you're all navigating this very very exciting and unique environment so you're you're bonding in that way and so there was just a really great sense of just like family feel along the way which is something maybe the show depicted in some ways but there's always so much time to show everything and I think they did the best to to show what they could and so no regrets for how things went you know oh I love uh, hearing that yeah Yeah, and I think that from a standpoint versus like The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, even Bachelor in Paradise, it was a more real show to me. It felt like just a bunch of people hanging out, trying to figure things out, you know? And even Bachelor in Paradise, I feel like there's a lot more set up there, maybe more producer influence or something like that. It's kind of more obvious. But on this show, it was really refreshing. It was like a breath of fresh air to kind of see a different dynamic between the cast so you know kudos to you guys for walking into a situation that nobody knew anything about a lot of you hadn't even like you said watched the show didn't even know i mean what matt called him chris hansen which was hilarious so um you know it was just it was so nice to watch and i really do hope that they continue because i think you guys have a big fan base now and i think that people are going to give it more of a chance because of what you guys did and that the season was memorable. And it did work. I mean, Chris and Brie are a beautiful couple, very much mm-hmm. in love, and incredibly talented together as a duet. So there you go. The whole premise of the show, it worked. So let's do it again. I'm all for it. It's a new season two. For it's sure. It'll be a lot of fun. Is there anything you want to say to my listeners, your fans, anything at all before we wrap up? I'm working on a lot of music, so... If you want to follow me on social media, feel free to tune in there. I, I did release a single a couple of weeks ago called Butterflies, so you're welcome to check that out on yes. all your all your streaming outlets, Spotify, Apple Music, go the whole nine. So And yeah, where can they find you of, on Instagram? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the Gabe Baker. 
Okay, perfect. And that's that's my handle on on all social media. So was able to keep it consistent, which is good. That's <laughs> so, it's always a good thing. You guys go follow Gabe, and his new single is amazing. I love it, Gabe. It's absolutely oh, incredible. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for coming on and getting cozy with me. I hope you had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun getting to know you, and yeah. you're just amazing. I mean, I knew you were amazing before, but you're really amazing. <laughs> That's too kind, Aaron. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm grateful to be a part of this to share about things I'm learning. So absolutely. And if I find myself in the Houston area, which I should after the quarantine is over, I'd love to just meet you and give you a big hug because that's what us oh. Southerners do, right? That's absolutely <laughs> it. Absolutely. That's been the hardest thing about this quarantine. I know. People, so. <laughs> I know. Well, hopefully the blue skies are coming. I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. This is definitely yeah. coming to an end. So thank God for that. But thank you so much for your time, Gabe. I really appreciate it. And I do. I wish you all the best. And we're going to follow you and we're going to just watch your career take off even more than it has take care hey guys thank you so much for listening to this episode with gabe baker from listen to your heart please go download his new song butterflies and go follow him on instagram and again you guys stay safe and always stay cozy till next time bye